Hare Krishna, my dear devotees. Welcome back to the daily readings of Śrīla Prabhupāda's books right here in the live studios in the Haven, which is a little two-bedroom flat which has been transformed into an ashram in, in Hythe, Kent, southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. We're trying to keep the vibration going. We're trying to keep the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, the sound, the Shabda Brahma, the transcendental sound of the Srimad Bhagavatam going uh, to purify the ether uh, of this gross material world. And we welcome all of you back. Uh, hope you're safe and well and happy as you can be. But this is the source of real happiness, to hear about Krishna in the association of devotees. This is the main process. Hearing the holy name of the Lord offenselessly and the Srimad Bhagavatam. This is the Yuga Dharma, the main shelter Krishna has given us. Hare Krishna. So, Srimad Bhagavatam Ima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami. We chant it every day because it's so wonderful. Never get tired of it. Glorifying the Srimad Bhagavatam for what it is. It goes like this Sarva Shastravdi Piyusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja. Sarvalokaikadrikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kali Dvandoditaritya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Premabarshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Marekabando Matsangin, Madguro Mad Mahadana, Manishtadaga Mad Bhagya, Madananda today. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth my Savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin ati nicho chatakara hanamunchagadachin mam premnarit kantayokspura O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me, always appear in my heart, and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we reach the 29th chapter of the fourth canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam and we are basking in the nectar uh, that's coming from Narada Muni's mouth as he explains to King Prachinibarhi the real meaning of the allegorical story. He just finished telling him of the Puranjana, the soul, and his journey to the material world, in the material world. We're starting today with text 55. My dear king, just try to understand the allegorical position of the deer. Be fully conscious of yourself and give up the pleasure of hearing about promotion to heavenly planets by fruitive activity. Give up household life, which is full of sex, as well as stories about such things. And take shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead through the mercy of the liberated souls. In this way, please give your attraction. Please give up your attraction for material existence. Purport. In one of his songs, Srila Naratam Das Thakur writes, Karmakanda Jnana Kanda Kevala Vishara Banda Amrita Baliya Yeba Kai Nana Yoni Sadapire Kardaya Bhakshana Kare Tarajanma Adak Pateyaya Fruitive activities and mental speculation are simply cups of poison. Whoever drinks of them, thinking them to be nectar, must struggle very hard life after life in different types of bodies. Such a person eats all kind of nonsense and becomes condemned by his activities of so-called sense enjoyment. People are generally enamored by the fruitive results of worldly activity and mental speculation. They generally desire to be promoted to heavenly planets, merge into the existence of Brahman, or keep themselves in the midst of family life, enchanted by the pleasures of the tongue and genitals. The great sage Narada clearly instructs King Varishman not to remain his entire life in the Grihastha ashram. Being in the Grihastha ashram means being under the control of one's wife. One has to give up all this and put himself into the ashram of the Paramahamsa. That is, put himself under the control of the spiritual master. The Paramahamsa ashram is the ashram of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, under whom the spiritual master has taken shelter. The symptoms of the bona fide spiritual master are stated in Srimad Bhagavatam 11.3. 21. Tasmat gudum prapadyeta 
jagyasu shriya utamam shabde pari chanishnatam brahmanya upashanmashrayam Any person who is seriously desirous of achieving real happiness must seek out a bona fide spiritual master and take shelter of him by, by initiation. The qualification of a spiritual master is that he must have realized the conclusion of the scriptures by deliberation and arguments and thus be able to convince others of these conclusions. Such great personalities who have taken complete shelter of the Supreme Godhead, leaving aside all material considerations, are to be understood as bona fide spiritual masters. A Paramahamsa is one who has taken shelter of the Parabrahman, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If one takes shelter of the Paramahamsa spiritual master, gradually, through training and instruction, he will become detached from worldly life and ultimately return home, back to Godhead. The particular mention of Anganashamam Asatama Yutagratam is very interesting. The whole world is in the clutches of Maya, being controlled by woman. Not only is one controlled by the woman who is one's wife, but one is also controlled by so many sex literatures. That is the cause of one's being entangled in the material world. One cannot give up this abominable association through one's own effort. But if one takes shelter of a bona fide spiritual master, who is a Paramahamsa, he will gradually be elevated to the platform of spiritual life. <clears throat> the pleasing words of the Vedas that inspire one to elevate oneself to the heavenly planets or merge into the existence of the Supreme are for the less intelligent who are described in Bhagavad Gita as mayaya parita jnana, those whose knowledge is taken away by the illusory energy. Real knowledge means understanding the miserable condition of material life. One should take shelter of a bona fide, a liberated soul, the spiritual master, and gradually elevate himself to the spiritual platform and thus become detached from the material world. According to Srila Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur, Hangsa Sharanam, refers to the cottage in which saintly persons live. Generally, a saintly person lives in a remote place in the forest or in a humble cottage. However, we should note that the times have changed. It may be beneficial for a saintly person's own interest to go to the forest and live in a cottage. But if one becomes a preacher, especially in western countries, he has to invite many classes of men who are accustomed to living in comfortable apartments. Therefore, in this age, a saintly person has to make proper arrangements to receive people and attract them to the message of Krishna consciousness. 
Śrīla Bhakti Siddhānta Sarasvati Thakur, perhaps for the first time, introduced motor, car, motor cars and palatial buildings for the residents of saintly persons, just to attract the general public in big cities. The main fact is that one has to associate with a saintly person. In this age, people are not going to search out a saint in the forest, so the saints and sages have to come to the big cities to make arrangements to receive the people in general who are accustomed to the modern amenities of material life. Gradually, such persons will learn that palatial buildings or comfortable apartments are not at all necessary. The real necessity is to become free from material bondage in whatever way possible. According to the orders of Śrīla Rūpa Goswami, anā saktasya viśayān nitārham upayunjitāha nirbandhat krishna-sambandhe yuktam vairāgyam ucchite When one is not attached to anything, but at the same time accepts everything in relation to Krishna, he is rightly situated above possessiveness. Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, 1-2-255 One should not be attached to material opulence, but material opulence may be accepted in the Krishna consciousness movement to facilitate the propagation of the movement. In other words, material opulence may be accepted as yukta vairagya, that is, for renunciation. Text 56 The king replied, My dear Brahmana, whatever you have, whatever you have said, I have heard with great attention, and considering all of it, have come to the conclusion that the acharyas, teachers, who engaged me in fruitive activity did not know this confidential knowledge. If they were aware of it, why did they not explain it to me? Purport. Actually, the so-called teachers or leaders of material society do not really know the goal of life. They are described in Bhagavad Gita as mayaya padita jnana. They appear to be very learned scholars, but actually the influence of the illusory energy has taken away their knowledge. Real knowledge means searching out Krishna. Vidaish chasarvaya aham eva vedyaha. All Vedic knowledge is meant for searching out Krishna because Krishna is the origin of everything. Janmad janmad yasya yataha. In Bhagavad Gita 10.2, Krishna says, Aham adir videvanam. I am the source of the demigods. Thus, Krishna is the origin and beginning of all demigods, including Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, and all others. The Vedic ritualistic ceremonies are concerned with satisfying different demigods. But unless one is very advanced, he cannot understand that the original personality is Sri Krishna. Govindam Adipurusham Tamaham Bhajami. After hearing the instructions of Narda, 
King Barishman came to his senses. The real goal of life is to attain devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The king therefore decided to reject the so-called priestly orders that simply engage their followers in the ritualistic ceremonies without giving effective instructions about the goal of life. At the present moment, the churches, temples, and mosques all over the world are not attracting people because foolish priests cannot elevate their followers to the platform of knowledge. Not being aware of the real goal of life, they simply keep their congregations in ignorance. Consequently, those who are well-educated have become uninterested in the ritualistic ceremonies. At the same time, they are not benefited with real knowledge. This Krishna consciousness movement is therefore very important for the enlightenment of all classes. Following in the footsteps of Maharaj Barishman, everyone should take advantage of this Krishna consciousness movement and abandon, abandon the stereotyped ritualistic ceremonies that go under the garb of so many religions. The Goswamis from the very beginning differed from the priestly class that was engaged in ritualistic ceremonies. Indeed, Srila Sanatana Goswami compiled his Hari Bhakti Vilas for the guidance of the Vaishnavas. The Vaishnavas, not caring for the lifeless activities of the priestly classes, take to full Krishna consciousness and become perfect in this very life. That is described in the previous verse as Paramahangsa Sharanam, taking shelter of the Paramahangsa, the liberated soul, and becoming successful in this life. Text 57 My dear Brahmana, there are contradictions between your instructions and those of my spiritual teachers who engaged me in fruitive activities. I now can understand the distinction between devotional service, knowledge, and renunciation. I had some doubts about them, but you have now very kindly dissipated all these doubts. I can now understand how even the great sages are bewildered by the real purpose of life. Of course, there is no question of sense gratification. Purport King Barishman was engaged in different types of sacrifice for elevation to the heavenly planets. People generally are attracted by these activities and very rarely is a person attracted to devotional service, as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu confirms. Unless one is very, very fortunate, he does not take to devotional service. Even these so-called learned Vedic scholars are bewildered 
by devotional service. They are generally attracted to the rituals for sense gratification. In devotional service, there is no sense gratification, but only transcendental loving service to the Lord. Consequently, the, the so-called priests engaged in sense gratification do not very much like devotional service. The brahmanas, the priests, have been against this Krishna consciousness movement since it began with Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started this movement, the priestly class lodged complaints to the kasi, the magistrate, excuse me, the magistrate of the Mohammedan government. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had to lead a civil disobedience movement against the propaganda of the so-called followers of Vedic principles. These people are described as karma jadasmartas, which indicates that they are priests engaged in ritualistic ceremonies. It is here stated that such people become bewildered, rishayo pihi muyanti, to save oneself from the hands of these karma jadasmartas. One should strictly follow the instructions of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Sarvadharman paricchaja mame kam sharanam braja ahang tvam sarvapapebhyo moksha yishami mashujaha Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. I shall deliver you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. Bhagavad Gita 1866 Text 58 the results of whatever a living entity does in this life are enjoyed in the next life. Purport A person generally does not know how one body is linked with another body. How is it possible that one suffers or enjoys the results of activities in this body and yet another body in the next life? How is it possible that one suffers or enjoys the results of activities in this body in yet another body in the next life? This is a question the king wants Narada Muni to answer. How may one have a human body in this life and not have a human body in the next? Even great philosophers and scientists cannot account for the transferal of karma from, from one body to another. As we experience, every individual soul has an individual body and one person's activities or one body, one body's activities are not enjoyed or suffered by another body or another person. The question is how the activities of one body are suffered or enjoyed in the next. Text 59 The expert knowers of the Vedic conclusions say that one enjoys or suffers the results of his past activities. But practically it is seen that the body that, that performed the work in the last birth is already lost 
So how is it possible to enjoy or suffer the reactions of that work in a different body? Purport. Atheists want evidence for the resultant actions of past activities. Therefore they ask, where is the proof that I am suffering and enjoying the resultant actions of past karma? They have no idea how the subtle body carries the results of the present body's actions down to the next gross body. The present body may be finished grossly, but the subtle body is not finished. It carries the soul to the next body. Actually, the gross body is dependent on the subtle body. Therefore, the next gross body must suffer and enjoy according to the subtle body. The soul is carried by the subtle body continuously until liberated from gross material bondage. Text 60 The great sage Narada continued, The living entity acts in a gross body in this life. This body is forced to act by the subtle body, composed of mind, intelligence, and ego. After the gross body is lost, the subtle body is there to enjoy or suffer. Thus, there is no change. Purport The living entity has two kinds of bodies, the subtle body and the gross body. Actually, he enjoys through the subtle body, which is composed of mind, intelligence, and ego. The gross body is the instrumental outer covering. When the gross body is lost, or when it dies, the root of the gross body, the mind, intelligence, and ego, continues and brings about another gross body. Although the gross bodies apparently change, the real root of the gross body, the subtle body, or mind, intelligence, and ego, is always there. The subtle body's activities, be they pious or impious, create another situation for the living entity to enjoy or suffer in the next gross body. Thus, the subtle body continues, whereas the gross body change, gross bodies change one after another. Since modern scientists and philosophers are too materialistic and since their knowledge is taken away by the illusory energy, they cannot explain how the gross body is changing. The materialistic philosopher Darwin has tried to study the changes of the gross body, but because he has no, had no knowledge of either the subtle body or the soul, he could not clearly explain how the evolutionary process is going on. One may change the gross body, but he works in the subtle body. People cannot understand the activities of the subtle body, and consequently they are bewildered as to how the actions of one gross body affect another gross body. The activities of the subtle body are also guided by the Supersoul 
as explained in Bhagavad Gita 15.15 Sarvasya chaham ridhisanavishto mataksmritir jnanam apoanamcha I am seated in everyone's heart and from me come remembrance, knowledge and forgetfulness. Because the Supreme Personality of Godhead as Super Soul is always guiding the individual soul, the individual soul always knows how to act according to the reactions of his past karma. In other words, the Super Soul reminds him to act in such a way. Therefore, although there is apparently a change in the gross body, there is a continuation between the lives of an individual soul. Text 61 The living entity, while dreaming, gives up the actual living body. Through the activities of his mind and intelligence, he acts in another body, either as a god or a dog. After giving up this gross body, the living entity enters either an animal body or a demigod's body on this planet or, an, or on another planet. He thus enjoys the results of the actions of his past life. Purport Although the root of distress and happiness is the mind, intelligence, and ego, a gross body is still required as an instrument for enjoyment. <clears throat> the gross body may change, but the subtle body continues to act. Unless the living entity gets another gross body, he will have to continue in a subtle body or a ghostly body. One becomes a ghost when the subtle body acts without the help of the instrumental gross body. As stated in this verse, Shayanam imam utsrija shoshantam. The gross body may lie in a bed and rest, and even though the machinery of the gross body is working, the living entity may leave, go into a dream, and return to the gross body. When he returns to the body, he forgets his dream. Similarly, when the living entity takes on another gross body, he forgets the present gross body. The conclusion is that the subtle body, mind, intelligence and ego creates an atmosphere with desires and ambitions that the living entity enjoys in, a, in the subtle body. Actually, the living entity is in the subtle body, even though the gross body apparently changes, and even though he inhabits the gross body on, on various planets. All the activities performed by the living entity in the subtle body are called illusory because they are not permanent. Liberation means getting out of the clutches of the subtle body. Liberation from the gross body simply involves the transmigration of the soul from one gross body to another. When the mind is educated in Krishna consciousness or higher consciousness in the mode of goodness, 
one is transferred either to the upper heavenly planets or to the spiritual world, the Vaikuntha planets. One therefore has to change his consciousness by cultivating knowledge received from Vedic instructions from the Supreme Personality of Godhead through the disciplic succession. If we train the subtle body in this life by always thinking about Krishna, we will transfer to Krishna Loka after leaving the gross body. This is confirmed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Janma karma chame divyam evang yo veti tatvataha chaktva deham punar janma naitimam etisorjana. One who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not, upon leaving the body, take his birth again in this material world, but attains my eternal abode, O Arjuna. Bhagavad Gita 4.9 Thus the change of the gross body is not very important. But the change of the subtle body is important. The Krishna Consciousness Movement is educating people to enlighten the subtle body. The perfect example in this regard is Ambarish Maharaj, who always engaged his mind on the lotus feet of Lord Krishna. Savai Manak Krishna Padada Vinda Yoho. Similarly, in this life, we should always fix our mind on the lotus feet of Krishna, who is present in his Archa Vigraha, the incarnation of the deity in the temple. We should always engage in his worship. If we engage our speech in describing the activities of the Lord and our ears in hearing about his pastimes, and if we follow the regulated principles to keep the mind intact for advancing in Krishna consciousness, we shall certainly be elevated to the spiritual platform. Then, at the time of death, the mind, intelligence and ego will no longer be materially contaminated. The living entity is present and the mind, intelligence and ego are also present. When the mind, intelligence and ego are purified, all the active senses of the living entity become spiritual. Thus the living entity attains his Sachirananda form. The Supreme Lord is always oh. The Supreme Lord is always in his Sachidananda form. But the living entity, although <clears throat> although part and parcel of the Lord, becomes materially contaminated. When he, de when he desires to come to the material world for material enjoyment. The prescription for returning home back to Godhead is given by the Lord Himself in Bhagavad Gita 9.34 Manmana bhavamad bhakto madjaji mam namaskudo mami bhai shaisi yukbhai mam atmana madparayanaha Always think of me and become my devotee. Worship me and offer your homage 
unto me, being completely absorbed in me, surely you will come to me. The next text purport is how long? Text 62. The living entity labors under the bodily conception of I am this, I am that. My duty is this, and therefore I shall do it. These are all mental impressions, and all these activities are temporary. Nonetheless, by the grace of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the living entity gets a chance to execute all his mental concoctions. Thus he gets another body. Purport As long as one is absorbed in the bodily conception, his activities are performed on that platform. This is not very difficult to understand. In the world, we see that every nation is trying to supersede every other nation, and that every man is trying to advance beyond his fellow man. All these activities are going on under the name of advancement of civilization. There's, there are many plans for making the body comfortable, and these plans are carried in the subtle body after the destruction of the gross body. It is not a fact that after the gross body is destroyed, the living entity is finished. Although, although many great philosophers and teachers in this world are under the impression that after the body is finished, everything is finished, this is not a fact. Nardamuni says in this verse that at death one takes his plans with him. Grinityat, grinityat, griniyat. And to execute these plans he gets another body. This is called Punar Bhava. When the gross body is finished, the plans of the living entity are taken by the mind and by the grace of the Lord. The living entity gets a chance to give these plans shape in the next life. This is known as the law of karma. As long as the mind is absorbed in the laws of karma, a certain type of body must be accepted in the next life. Karma is the aggregate of fruitive activities conducted to make this body comfortable or uncomfortable. We have actually seen that when one man was about to die, he requested his physician to give him a chance to live four more years so that he could finish his plans. This means that while dying, he was thinking of his plans. After his body was destroyed, he doubtlessly carried his plans with him by means of the subtle body composed of mind, intelligence, and ego. Thus he would get another chance by the grace of the Supreme Lord, the Supersoul, who is situated within, within the heart. Sarvasya chaham riti sanavishto matakshmitir jnanam apoanam cha. In the next birth, one acquires remembrance from the Supersoul and begins to execute the plans begun in the previous life. 
This is also explained in Bhagavad Gita in another verse. Ishvadat Sarabhutanam Riddhisharjunatishtati Brahmayan Sarabhutani Yantra Rudani Mayaya. The Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart, O Arjuna, and is directing the wanderings of all living entities who are seated as on a machine made of the material energy. Bhagavad Gita 1861 Situated on the vehicle given by material nature and reminded by the super-soul within the heart, the living entity struggles all over the universe to fulfill his plans, thinking, I am a Brahmana, I am a Chatriya, I am an American, I am an Indian, and so on. All these designations are of the same essence. There is no point in becoming a Brahmana in preference to an American or becoming an American in preference to, to a Negro. After all, these are all bodily conceptions under the modes of material nature. That brings us to 7.50. So we'll stop our reading for tonight and begin tomorrow at text 63. And in the meantime, we'll wait for the reflections from the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. Narimuni ki jai. we have from Sudevi Dasi yes Sudevi Dasi she says Hare Krishna Maharaj I've only got two words for you Hare Krishna back to you Hare Krishna um, Gopakanya Devi Dasi yes Gopakanya Devi Dasi Hare Krishna dear Maharaj and all assembled sages my humble obeisances to all all glories to Srila Prabhupada and Srimad Bhagavatam the life heir of all pure devotees. Jai Ho Maharaj. Jai Ho, the life heir of all pure devotees. This is how we become a Paramahamsa, to make the Bhagavatam our life and soul. Hare Krishna. This is from Bhakta Rupa. Hmm. Haribo Bhakta Rupa. He says, Thank you for reading, Maharaj. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. We have to fix our mind always on Krishna, but at present the mind is all <clears> over <throat> the shop. We're trying to give up nonsense and keep trying to remember Prabhupada or Krishna. Is there a time where the mind is always settled on Krishna consciousness without so much effort? And if so, how do we get there? <laughs> uh, practice makes perfect. Uh, Once Gargamuni, when he first came to the temple in uh, 26 Second Avenue, Second Avenue. Anyway, he came in, and everyone was uh, sitting down, waiting for Prabhupada to enter. When Prabhupada entered, everyone bowed down. 
except Pragarga Muni. So he was standing there. He told he said, I look like a flagpole in a in a bed of flowers. And he Prabhupada looked at me and he said, You're not going to bow down? And Sargamuni said, I don't feel like bowing down. And Prabhupada said, Well, bow down and then you'll feel like bowing down. And amazingly he did and he did. He bowed down and he, and after that he felt like bowing down. So that's the actual fact. Uh, when we're in a conditioned state, we can't taste the sweetness of Krishna consciousness. Just like a person with jaundice, you know, the disease of the liver, cannot taste sugar as being sweet. The sugar is always sweet, but when we have jaundice, we can't taste it. I had a very severe case of jaundice one day, one year, 1999, I think it was, after finishing the refurbishment of the Govardhan Ashram in the extreme heat. And uh, I couldn't taste anything. What to speak of sugar? Everything tasted like something bad. So, but I had to keep taking, you know, preparations, medicine with sugar in it. And by doing that, gradually, I became healthy. Then I could again taste the sweetness of the sugar. So there's a process for doing that. And the process is to continue to do it, whether you feel like it or not. Hare Krishna. That's the austerity of being in this material world, actually. That it it takes some doing to do something that is actually good for us. Actually, everybody is performing austerities. You can't stop from performing austerities. But in spiritual life, we're not forced, and that's why it's more difficult. In material life, we're just forced, and we have to do this. We have to go to the bathroom every day. We have to eat. We have to sleep. We have to do the things that maintain the body and soul together. Forced. But devotional service is never forced. But in the beginning, we have to force ourselves to do the right thing. And as our heart becomes purified by doing the right thing, by remembering Krishna in the form of His holy name, and the holy scriptures, especially Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita, then gradually his taste is recovered. And he wants to do it. Then he can enter into the higher stages of Krishna consciousness. Why do we know that? Because it's been done so many times before, and we, we're hearing from great souls who have done it before, and we can trust them. Now we're living in an atmosphere where nobody trusts anyone else or anything else. It's such a hellish life now in the material world. Always hellish, but particularly in this time in Kali Yuga. So what to do about it is to keep doing it. Just keep performing devotional service. Stay fixed in your devotional service. And practice thinking about Krishna. And Krishna will make 
all arrangements from there. Hare Krishna. Rati Manjari sent me a note. She won't be here tonight because she's on a Harinam party. This is from Bhakta Peter. Yes, Bhakta Peter. Hare Krishna. He says, Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you for reading to us tonight. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. What happens to the conditioned soul's karma once they leave a donation with the devotee and take a book? Well, there's three kinds of work. Uh karma, vikarma, and akarma. Uh, when, a, when a person takes a book and gives a donation, generally speaking, they are, depending on how the expertise of the, of the preacher, of course, and the devotee, they don't know what they're doing. But they get benefit because they are um, they're doing the right thing and they're accumulating piety, punya karma. Punya karma means pious activity. So once that accumulates enough in the heart, then they wake up and then they become conscious of what they're doing more and eventually they can take up devotional life. So karma means that you act, you're attached to the results, but you're still, you still have some piety, you still have some inclination uh, for God. Vikarma means you're acting for the fruits, but you're not interested in following the laws of nature or God's laws. And akarma means that you're acting, but you're not creating a reaction. That is devotional service. Whether it be agyata sukriti or not, knowingly or unknowingly, one gets the benefit of that devotional service. So there's no reaction, at least for that activity. And pure devotional service is simply becoming fixed in that activity of devotional service without stopping. Then you become liberated. Hare Krishna. This one again is from Bhakta Rupa. Yes, Bhakta Rupa. He says... Thanks for your answer, Maharaj. been listening constantly to Prabhupada memories this marathon and becoming more and more certain that we can, that we can fully trust Srila Prabhupada. Mm. Now that's a good development, super development. Good, good. Well done and continue, please. 
This is from Subarao Rajagopal. Yes, Subarao Rajagopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily readings. One of the many gems in the transmigration of the soul is from 42962. Quote, mm. When the gross body is finished, the plans of the living entity are taken by the mind, and by the grace of the Lord, the living entity gets a chance to give these plans shape in the next life. Yes. This is known as the law of karma. As long as the mind is absorbed in the laws of karma, a certain type of body must be accepted in the next life. End quote. I remember this verse from Lord Kapila, from Lord Kapila Dev's instruction, three thirty one one. Sri Bhagavan Uvacha, karma na divanetrena, jantor de deho papataye. Under the watchful eyes of the Lord, and according to the results of His work, one gets next the next body or birth. Daily readings, Kijai. Haribo, real knowledge. This is the knowledge that will bring us out of the material actions and reactions of the material existence. Thank you. This is from Chad Canterbury. Chad, Hare Krishna, Bhakti Chad. Hare Krishna Maharaj, daily readings Kijai. Haribo. Thank you for your daily readings of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Could you please kindly explain how one can surrender to Krishna and how one can, can gradually become free of rebelliousness? Hare Krishna. Well, first of all, there has to be at least a little faith and at least enough knowledge that you know that there's something more to material life than just the gross activities of sense gratification. That comes from, as I said before, uh, coming in contact with devotional service in some way or another, unconsciously. It's called Agyata Sukriti. And when that builds up in the heart, one becomes uh, inclined. The faith increases. And then, it's, it's, it's actually a very simple uh, process. Um, Adao Shraddha, that's the faith, uh, so if you associate with sadhus if you associate with those who are engaged in devotional service by the principle of association the attachment rubs off on you and then you become more desirous of devotional service and purified gradually by becoming serious taking initiation by uh, following the instructions of the spiritual master and the sadhus and the shastras and uh, becoming purified of our unwanted things in our, in our body, in, in our mind, material desires. And then we become, when, when those are almost all removed, then we become fixed. Uh, nishta. Nishta means fixed. And that means the faith that we began with is stronger because there are fewer things covering it. The, the, the fewer things that cover the, the faith, the stronger the faith becomes. And that original love for Krishna, which is what faith is in, in, the, in the original state, 
comes out in the association of the devotees. Just like fire comes out of the wood when it comes in contact with another piece of wood that's on fire. It's there already in us. It doesn't have to be put there. It's already there. It just has to come out in the association of other devotees who are fixed in Krishna consciousness. So the answer is associate with the devotees. Somehow or other. Hare Krishna. All right. I thank you very much. Uh, it's a marathon, so we have fewer uh, reflectors, but the ones that are there are steady like a rock, and your reflections are always wonderful every day. And I'm sure many people all over the world are taking benefit from hearing these gems you bring out of Srila Prabhupada's purports and listen to again, allow us to, to relish Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samaveda Bhakta Brinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place. Wait. No. Tomorrow I have a doctor's appointment, which is about two hours away, and the appointment is at three o'clock. <clears throat> yeah. So I doubt very much if I'm going to be doing the reading tomorrow night. So you forgive me for that, but I have to take care of this uh, vehicle that I've been given by Krishna. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow night. Hari Bo. Saturday night. Hari.